Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to today's online internet church service. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in the book of Job, chapter 36. Let's drop down to verse 11. And it says in the Word of God, If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Now notice at the beginning of this verse it says if. So if is denoting there are certain conditions that need to be met. And so we need to obey those conditions. It says if they obey and serve Him. So our obedience is very important because it's linked to our prosperity and the blessing of God flowing into our lives. If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity, which we all would love to enjoy that. That's something that God has for us. And their years in pleasures, which would denote the good things of life. That is all included in the prosperity plan that God has for your life. So we want to make sure that we do the first part, which is to obey and serve Him. Praise the Lord. And then the Lord will do the other part of causing the prosperity and the blessings to flow in. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says something very similar. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Notice again the word if, which denotes a condition, or it's revealing to us that we have a part to play in this. If you are willing and obedient. So to be willing means to have a good heart and to have a good attitude in the assignments and in the things that God has us to do. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, if God wants you to eat the good of the land, then He wants you to wear the good of the land. He wants you to live in the good of the land. He wants you to drive the good of the land. He wants you to have the best that the land has to offer. But my friends, these things are also contingent upon our obedience to the Lord. So let's be willing, and let's also be obedient. Let's tithe, let's sow financial seed, but let's also do it with a good heart where we come before the Lord in a heart of worship and say, oh God, we're going to obey you. We're going to follow your principles. We're going to give you the tithe because it says in your word, the tithe belongs to you. We're going to bring it into the storehouse of God. And I tell you what, it's a real joy to honor the Lord by bringing the tithe into the storehouse from which you are spiritually fed. Praise God. It is a joy to do that, and the Lord will bless you, and He will cause prosperity to flow into your life. Praise God. Now, let me pray over your finances today. Heavenly Father, as your people are honoring you with their tithes and their offerings, let the good of the land be theirs. Let prosperity and the pleasures of life flow abundantly into their life. Father, we give you praise. We thank you that the flow is moving very, very strongly in Jesus' name. And we all today say amen. Now, those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. Those of you that prefer to bring the tithes and offerings in online, you can do so by visiting the ministry website of stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, and you can go there and bring the tithes and offerings directly into the ministry storehouse. Praise the Lord, and thank you so much for your faithfulness to the Lord. By the way, there on the ministry ministry website is a is a header called projects and if you would like to sow a special seed into the two current projects that we have taking place at this time that would be a blessing to the ministry as well praise the lord now let's take our bibles today and go to the to the book of acts we want to talk about developing inner perception we're going to the book of acts to chapter 27 as you're turning to Acts chapter 27, we are now in the third week of the early morning prayer. So if you are still continuing on with us, that 21-day plan of early morning prayer, God bless you. May you receive grace and strength to go the full 21 days. And I believe that some of you are having some very special times with the Lord, as I have been receiving emails uh, of those that are just saying, you know, Pastor Stephen, this is really uh, just literally, in a sense, changing my life. It's uh, providing great blessing. And that's what it's all about, getting up early and seeking the Lord. Praise God. Okay, Acts chapter 27. Today we're talking about developing inner perception. 
let's pray that God would give us wisdom to be able to pick up on this. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate the eyes of our hearts so that we can step into this deep spiritual walk that we see manifested here in the life of the Apostle Paul. And Father, we see the keen perception that he had concerning that inner guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we want to be able to walk in that in a very similar way. So we ask that you would help us to step into it. And we give you praise. We really believe that you will. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your anointing and grace being poured out to empower us to walk this walk in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Acts 27, verse 1, And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. Now, this trip that they're, they're beginning right now is going to take about six months, and they're going to cover a distance of a little over 2,000 miles. This is going to be quite a sea voyage. There are going to be some stops in between. There will be the changing of ships at certain times, but this is the beginning of that amazing experience as Paul is on his way to Rome to appear before Caesar. Now, verse 2, so entering a ship of Adramtium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. Now, Aristarchus, he was one of the two travel companions that went along with Paul. Uh, Gaius also traveled with him at times. And you can read earlier about Aristarchus in Acts chapter 19, verse 29, when it looked like Paul was about to be torn to pieces and there was a riot. They're in Ephesus, and you know, the big uproar, and they, you know, all the men of the city were chanting for over two hours, greatest Diana, uh, uh, you know, of Ephesus, the god that they worshiped, of course, also called Artemis. But, you know, there's all that pagan worship going on, and the whole town was in an uproar. Well, uh, we also know in Acts 19, verse 29, that Aristarchus was there as well. And they, they grabbed him, and they grabbed Gaius also. Well, it looks like they were let off the hook. And no physical harm was done to them. You know, when you're hanging out with the Apostle Paul, you have to be ready for anything. So here he is on the voyage along with Paul. Verse 3, And the next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius treat, treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. That's nice to have that favor. Although he is technically a prisoner, uh, they know that, I mean, that this is a theologian. This, this guy is like a bookworm. Uh, this is not the kind of guy that's, you know, going to pull out an axe and maybe try to uh, hijack the ship or anything like that. So Paul is being treated very nice. Verse 4, When we had put the sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. Well, they are moving into the season where uh, it's not the best time to sail. And of course, this is going to affect their sailing because now they're, they're sailing, sailing into the wind. Uh, not that they can't do that, but it's just not ideal. Now let's continue on. Verse 5, And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. I think this is interesting when when you can change ships, sometimes you get comfortable with a certain job, and you think, I'll be at this job for the rest of my life, but then somehow another, that, that ship pulls into port, and it's, it's done, and God gets you on another ship, and you find maybe yourself going in a different direction, but you're, you're like, hey, this is all still going in the main primary direction. We're still going to Rome. That's the main thing. Um, some things in life are not meant to be permanent. They're transitory, and it's not like you always jump into your primary calling overnight or your main assignment overnight. You take a ship here and then you take another ship there, but eventually you get on the main ship. Praise the Lord. So don't let that discourage you just because you have to switch ships, switch jobs, maybe move to a different town. Um, I was talking with some people the other day that uh, had a beautiful home in a certain city, and years back they had told me, we'll never move from here. When I hear people say things like that, I think they'll probably be moving before they even know it. Uh, because look, life has a lot of surprises. God's very solid. God's consistent. But life has certain variables, and sometimes you have to adjust and flow with that. 
And so, so uh, sure enough, they, they, they had to sell their home and move. They, they technically didn't have, put, have to, but some things popped up, and they just thought it would be a better thing for them to do. And the home, they nev never thought they would leave that home. They they've now have left that home, and somebody else is living there now. So sometimes you just get on a different ship. That's okay. So verse 6 again, Then the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. Verse 7, when we had sailed slowly many days, and arrived with difficulty off Snidus, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off Salmon. Now, of course, all of these uh, towns and cities and villages that Paul is naming, almost all of these places can be identified today and seen on maps, and this is all very, very valid uh, you know, biblical stuff. It's a lot of fun to study. Uh, you can go on Google and just pull up the maps. You can look on Google Maps, and a lot of these old cities that some of their names have changed and some of them haven't. But it's always amazing to me just how accurate the Bible is. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 8 Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. Now, things are about to get very interesting. Verse 9, now when men, excuse me, now when much time had been spent, and sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was already over, Paul advised them. Now, before Paul advises the, you know, the captain, and before Paul advises the owner of the ship, I have a very strong feeling that Paul probably told Aristarchus, his fellow travel companion, look, God has revealed something to me about this upcoming journey. Uh, if, if they decide to go on, and I, you know, I'm a prisoner, and I have to go on them with this ship, then Aristarchus, you know, don't, do not get on the ship. Why? Because something's about to happen. And most theologians believe that he, Paul's travel companion, got off the ship at this time. Now, we do know later he's going to show up in Rome. So I just believe he took some other means of transportation. Uh, but he obviously, it would appear, got off this ship. And I'm sure he, he was glad he did when Paul probably later on explained to him what took place. Praise the Lord. Again, now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive. I, I would like for you today, if you're following along with me and you have your Bibles out, just underline that statement. You could read past it real fast, but look, that's a heavyweight statement in Scripture. And this is something as believers is our inheritance. This is something that we really need to be spiritually sharp, and we need to be spiritually alert on. He said to them, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster, okay, and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Now, notice, he not only says, I perceive, and, you know, he, does, he doesn't just say, hey, this is going to be a really bad trip if we do this. No, I want you to notice the depth of his perception. The depth of his perception is that he knows the ending before they ever start. He knows that there's going to be disaster. He knows that there's going to be complete total loss, not only of the cargo that they're carrying, which verse 8, excuse me, verse 38 tells you that it's a precious cargo of wheat, okay? So there's going to also be a loss of the cargo and a loss of the ship. Oh, also Paul says we're all going to die. Wow, how about that? We're all going to lose our lives if we take this trip. That, that's why I'm saying, I'm sure he told this travel companion, look, if they insist on making this trip, I, he's telling this companion, I insist you're not going. You know, take another route, because uh, this is going to be the end of the road if they, you know, pull out of, out of the harbor here. Wow, this is, this is amazing. Verse 11, nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Wow. I want to go in, into the explanation of why they went forward in just a moment. Um, but th this is fascinating. You know, um, there were some years back that me and my wife, we were, we were in the home of a very esteemed prophet. One of, one of the great prophets in the world. He's in heaven now. He's, he passed away. But uh, we were at his house Spent the whole day with him, and he, we were just talking about things, and I was asking him questions, and he told me about, because we're talking about perception, being led of the Spirit, he, he told me about the story of this 
youth group of missionaries leaving America. They were to leave America. They were to go minister to this other country. I won't name the country. They were going to go there and, you know, preach the gospel. Good missionaries, young men, young women that just love the Lord. And, you know, they're, they're overseers and stuff like that. They're going to get on the plane. They're going to fly from America. They're going to preach the gospel in another country. And this prophet uh, perceived that if this group took that trip, they're all going to lose their lives. They're all going to die. So he went to the leaders and pleaded with them, please do not take this trip. Now remember, this is one of the most esteemed prophets in the world. That one of the leading prophets, you know, I'm not talking in, you know, like top 100. I'm talking like top five in the, in the whole planet. And he went to the leaders and said, if you guys take this trip, it's going to be a total loss of life. Please do not take the trip. Please do not take the trip. And you know what they did? They decided to take the trip anyhow. And so when he realized they were going to go on with this trip, he said, Stephen, he said, I began to really cry out to God because two of my spiritual sons were on that, were on that trip. And I didn't, I didn't want to see anybody die, but I especially didn't want to see my two spiritual sons die. He said, I was really crying out to the Lord, and the Lord said, I'm going to spare your two spiritual sons. Something happened to them where they didn't make it on the trip or something like that. But the others went, they all went, they got over there to that country, and uh, things looked to be okay for a few, uh, you know just a little bit of time, but then suddenly it was an unstable country. There was a violent coup, a revolution broke out, and then you know the, there's there's no co control. Everything's lawlessness, and they took they took the American Christians, they took the missionaries, and chopped them up in pieces, and took the pieces to the river and fed the pieces to the crocodiles, and that's a true story. And all of that loss of human life. All of it could have been diverted. It all, no, what I'm trying to say is none of that had to happen. And the great disaster here, Paul said this will end with disaster and much loss. The reason this ship and this, this business owner of the ship and the captain and all, the, the whole scenario here, the reason there was so much loss and such total disaster was because they had no inner perception. Now watch this. I don't expect an unbeliever to have it because they don't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. But it is shocking sometimes when it comes to Christians, even let, let's just say Christians in general, uh, Baptist, uh, you know, Methodist, Pentecostal, Catholic, whatever. Let's just put all, all believers in Christ together. It is amazing sometimes how so many believers have no they have no sensitivity to the perception of the Holy Spirit, none at all. And they can do things, they just go do things that lead to absolute loss and disaster. And I tell you what, it doesn't have to happen. It does not have to happen. See, Paul said, men, I perceive, that is an amazing statement, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives Wow, praise the Lord. You know, I was in a, a particular ministerial association that I belonged to years back. And one of the men there was a, was a good pastor. He was very, very well-known pastor. He was, um, he was just a good guy. He was a nice guy. Was he a spiritual pastor? No, not really. Not from the perspective of, you know, really praying and, you know, really laboring in the Word. Not, not, none of that really. He's not going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. He's not going to really flow in the Spirit. But still, he loved the Lord. You know, he, he holds to the Word of God, believes the Word of God. And, you know, he had, he had a, a good church and a good ministry. But he said, he said something really happened to him one day that really caused him to wake up and start, you know, realizing, hey, I'm going to have to be more spiritual. And this happened one day when he went to church, and Sunday morning, and everything's kind of like normal as normal, and a man came into the church. Uh, you know, they, they just thought he was a visitor. A man came into the church, and the pastor's wife was in the sanctuary when this man walked by her. And the moment this man walked by her, she knew something was seriously wrong with that man. She went to her husband, the pastor, and said, the man that just has walked into the sanctuary, something is terribly wrong with him. And the pastor, 
who had kind of walked by also just a little bit earlier, he said, no, he's fine. Just a visitor coming to the church service. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And the wife said, no, something is terribly wrong with him. And this, you know, you need to, we need to address this. He goes, oh, no, no, no. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. They found out after the service that when he had walked into the service, he had just murdered somebody in cold blood. That man had just murdered somebody with his own hands, and he went into that church building. And you know what? There are Christians all over the place. Just they didn't get anything. Couldn't pick up anything. And that that murderer who just murdered somebody could sit right down next to a spirit-filled believer, and they're just like, "Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you today. Welcome to the service." Just you know, cannot perceive or pick anything up in the spirit realm. Now, what does it mean? I perceive. What did Paul mean when he said, "I perceive"? To perceive is, uh, what's going on here is I would describe it like this. The ability to perceive is a developed sensitivity and awareness of the Holy Spirit who lives on your inside. Okay, let me say that again. The ability to perceive is a developed sensitivity and awareness of the Holy Spirit who lives on your inside. In other words, Paul not only perceived that, hey, um, we're going to get stuck in the storm, and we're not going to be able to eat for a few days. No, he perceived way beyond that. He perceived that this is not only bad, this is the ultimate bad. We're all going to die if we take off on this cruise. <laughs> this is not a cruise ship that you want to get on. We're, we're heading straight into a, you know, like a full-blown typhoon. And uh, all, you know, you know, all the excuses begin to come out. Oh, no, we're fine. We're fine. Everything's okay. But oh, my goodness. Wow. My friends, you need to develop spiritual perception. Now, it's internal. It's inward. But you have to understand it's spiritual in nature because it's dealing with the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. Glory to God. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Verse 11, did, did, these, did these people in a position of authority who could have done something about this, did they stop and call it off? No, watch what happened. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman. Well, the helmsman, sure, he's a, he's a full-time mariner. He's going to know the sea. Now, he does know that, you know, sailing season is really, hey, this is a good time to call it a wrap. But, you know, he's got some knowledge. He probably thinks, well, we could probably still make it. You know, winter is not fully here yet. Okay. So, nevertheless, uh, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest in winter there. Verse 13, when the south wind blew softly, supposing, that's so dangerous, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out the sea, they sailed, by, they sailed close by Crete, and then, boom, sailed right into a full-blown nor'easter. Now, here's the thing. They will, they will tell you in aviation accidents, which are very rare, that in order for there usually to be an accident involving a plane crash, you almost have to have a series of events go wrong. In other words, it's not just usually one thing that went wrong and then everybody, you know, crashed. No, it's usually sometimes five things that happen where you actually have to override all of these hurdles, knocking down hurdles, busting through barriers, really, really doing things where you saw the signs, but you, you ignored them or you just really you are being very, very stubborn. So usually in aviation, when there's a plane crash, it's usually three or four major things that were all linked together. And when all of them were put together, all four or five, or sometimes six of them were put together, you've messed it up so bad that now you're going to have a, uh, you know, something that uh, is probably going to kill a whole bunch of people. And it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, so we want to be very careful. You may, you may miss one thing and be okay, but when you're having all of these things go wrong, and you're just, you're just busting through all of these barriers in a wrong way, um, that's usually when you have a major disaster. And so we see all of these things where it could have been stopped. The centurion really, because he's, 
he is the guy that's under the command of the military, and, and he could stop the whole ship. He's the guy in authority, and the captain can't even override this guy. Not even the owner, because this, this man under Roman law can confiscate and say, I'm using this for, you know, in the name of Rome. And so we're me and my soldier, me and my, you know, soldiers or whatever, me and my uh, uh, prisoners is what I'm trying to say. We're getting on this ship and uh, we're just riding along. Of course, the you know, Roman soldier centurion, he's not paying any money for this. Rome has the authority to do that. And this whole area is under the, dom- the domination of the Roman Empire. Uh, the Roman Empire was so big that out of the entire world population, one out of every four people on the planet was a Roman. That's how big the Roman Empire was on a global perspective. So they went on, and it was a total disaster. Now, verse 14, but not long after a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurachlodon, so when the ship was caught and could not hit into the wind, we let her drive. And then it just goes from worse to worse to worse. Verse 20, now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Thank God, though, that Paul was on the ship praying and on a forced fast, because nobody can eat, it's just the sea's too violent, and you'll see that nobody had eaten for 14 days. Whoo, glory to God. But Paul's praying. So after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood up in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me, and not have sailed from Crete, and incurred this disaster and loss. He goes on to say that an angel of God was sent to him, and that despite all the mistakes that were made and the impending doom that they were hitting in towards the mercy of God had been released and that they, although they were going to crash and they were to crash on a, on an Island and the whole ship was going to be lost and all the cargo was going to be lost. At least their lives are going to be spared. Paul said, not one hair of your head will be harmed. And that turned out to be true. But my friends, why, why do we miss it sometimes? Why, when we uh, end up with something bad having happened, and we look back and we think, how come I didn't catch that? How come we do not have that perception? Let's talk about that today. The number one reason that we don't perceive the way that we should of picking up that inner guidance and leading the Holy Spirit is because we get caught up in the busyness of life. And we have, we have so much going on that that still small voice the, the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction just gets drowned out with all kinds of activity, just day and night, just everything, voices, television, and just all kinds of stuff coming day and night, and work, and just all of this going on. And so there's no time to get quiet, and to get peaceful, and to hear from God. And this is what can happen to many Christians, where they get so caught up in the things of life, they completely lose that ability to perceive by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Because remember, you could be real smart and not pick up on this. This is an inner perception. This is not mental. This is not intellectual. The centurion, the helmsman, the owner of the ship, all of these people are sharp people. But nobody is picking this impending disaster up. Nobody except for one person, and that's Paul. Praise the Lord. I think it can be quite frustrating when you're picking these things up and nobody else is picking it up. And uh, it's also, I'm sure it was very difficult for Paul because he's like, well, nobody's listening and we're all about to die. And, and he knew it. And nobody else, nobody else could even, even slightly get any kind of an indication that this was going to be bad except for Paul. And my friends, this is a time when we need to have inner perception. What a short but powerful little statement, men I perceive. Wow. Wow. May you be that person that can perceive it. And if the Holy Spirit would just give you perception, something's wrong with the plane, don't get on the plane, then don't get on the plane. And if everybody else gets on the plane, that, that, then let them get on the plane, you know, but uh, don't get on the plane. Now, I do, I do believe that there should be fair warning, just like the Apostle Paul. He told them, hey, if we do this, uh, there's going to be major loss. We're all going to die. 
So, you know, and but the problem there is he's forced to go along with it. <laughs> he, you know, he's, it's not like he could say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the ship. I'm not going to be a part of this. He can't do that. He's forced. He's a prisoner to go along for the ride. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, I believe the number one reason we don't perceive what the Holy Spirit is trying to get over to us is because we get so caught up in the busyness of life. Number two, I, the reason I believe that we don't perceive the inner guidance of the Holy Spirit is because we make compromises because something is not convenient. And when we give into that, we really dull our spirit. So something's not convenient. Something's not convenient. I, I do remember one minister, he shared a funny story where the Holy Spirit just spoke to him one day. It was just a normal day. It didn't in some ways seem to warrant the voice of God speaking, but inwardly he heard the Spirit of God say so clearly, on your drive home today, do not take the right turn drive on so-and-so street. And you know, this man is actually a mathematician. Who's a, he, he was a mathematician before he became a pastor, so in his smart mind he, th he thought, well, what difference does it make if I make that right turn? I mean, how is that? What does that have to do with anything? And, uh, but he decided, you know what? It doesn't make sense intellectually or logically, but the Holy Spirit said, do not make that turn. And so he just decided to go with the inner perception and he didn't make the turn. And he found out later, he found out later that if we would have made that turn, there was things going on that street where something had happened and everybody that was on that street at that time, which is where he would have been if he would have made that turn, they were all under total lockdown for eight hours, eight hours. He would have to sat in his car for eight hours. And that's just, that's just a little thing. That wasn't like a life-threatening thing. But I just believe in so many things that if we will pick up on that inner, that inner perception, we will not have to suffer so many losses that God's people suffer needlessly. Wow. Praise the Lord. So even if it's inconvenient, but yet the Lord said, don't do that. There, there, that, there was a warning. Then we need to just, you know, you know, we could catch another flight, get the next train, or whatever it might be. Or, you know, if the Holy Spirit, you know, impresses you, don't eat that food, then don't eat it. Just, you know, well, Pastor Stephen, that cost $8. <laughs> well, what is that for the sake of your health? You know, I, I have a friend that he ate at a restaurant. I, I really felt like um, the Holy Spirit gave me perception, do not eat at that restaurant. And... Um, I have a friend, he was, he's on the mountain, he ate at that restaurant, and uh, lived on the same mountain I, I, I live on. He ate at that restaurant and almost died. He got so sick from the food that he ate at that restaurant, he literally, literally put him in the grave. But yet the same Holy Spirit, he's filled with the Holy Spirit too, the same Holy Spirit just impressed on me, and also my wife, do not ever eat at that restaurant. That restaurant is closed and out of business today and long gone. And I'm glad. <laughs> Woo. Uh, but uh, I'm telling you, uh, it's, it's inner perception. Be very, very sensitive to that. It can save you a lot of loss. Loss of your health, loss of your money, loss of your dignity, lo loss of all kinds of stuff. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Woo. Glory to God. Be very, very perceptive to that. I know that uh, back in the 1950s healing revival, there was one of the ministers that had a very large tent, and he was actually setting up the tent. They were getting ready for the large, the large, you know, and gathering of people, because about 15,000 people were going to come to the tent. But the tent was down in a low area that would be what, today what we would call a floodplain. And... It, the Holy Spirit just was impressing upon him very strongly, just call off the meeting, there's going to be rain that's going to come. And this was not a big, loud, audible voice. This was just, again, a, he perceived, he perceived that strong rains are going to come. And of course, back in the 1950s, we didn't have the satellite radar and all the advanced weather technology that we have today. So he said, men, he said, I know we've almost got this tent completely put up. Remember, this is a large tent. He said, take it down, put it all back on the trucks, and um, I'm just telling the people we're going to call the meetings off. Uh, I, ha I have a perception that something is not right here. They put everything back on the truck. And you know what? You know what people did? 
Christians came up to him while they were disassembling the tent. Some local Christians came up to him and said, obviously you're not a man of faith, because if you were a man of faith, you would trust God. You'd go ahead and put that tent up. You know, if you really do think it's going to rain or something like that, then you should just have faith that God would protect you. But see, those are people, they have no perception. They have no perception of, of the really how God works. So he said, no. He said, this is not a matter of faith. This is a matter of following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So he put everything on the truck, and they drove away. And within two days, not two weeks, within two days, the tent site was 30 feet beneath water. Not, not 30 inches, 30 feet beneath water. Now, what would have happened if he would have stayed? They'd have lost the whole tent. I'm sure he would have had insurance, but, uh, you know, even, even with insurance, you get to go through all the red tape, and they have to wait for the payments to get made and all of that stuff, and it's just not something that you want to have to go through. So he just followed the Holy Spirit and was spared, was spared all of that mess, all of that mess. Wow, this stuff, my friends, th these are things we really need to take to heart. And we really need to slow down, wait on the Lord, spend time with the Lord, meditate in Scripture, uh, spend time in prayer, so that that inner perception, see, that's where the Holy Spirit lives. He lives on the inside of you. See, when you're, when you're looking at me right now, I know you're thinking you're looking at Stephen Brooks, but you're really, you're looking at the house that Stephen Brooks lives in. I am a spirit, first and foremost. I have a soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, that's part of my personality, okay? And I... I also have a body, but when you look at me, you're looking at my body, you're looking at, as it would sometimes be described in Scripture, as the tabernacle or the tent that we live in during our earthly dwelling. Now, my spirit does look like my body, but I just want you to understand that the real me, as the, uh, the Apostle Peter said, the hidden man of the heart, is not visible with the fleshly eye, praise God. But my friends, your faith doesn't dwell in your body. Your faith does not dwell even in your soul, in your, in your intellect, or your, you know, your emotions. Your faith, your faith, the faith of God actually dwells in your heart. It dwells within your inner man. Praise the Lord. Because you're a spirit. Woo, glory to God. So faith dwells in your spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit lives at. He lives at, he lives on the inside of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. We give God praise today. So, uh, let's not make compromises just because maybe it's, it's not convenient. You know, well, I know the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to do that, but it's not convenient. I'm going to go ahead and eat this. I was in Uganda one time, uh, oh, maybe 20-something years ago. Me and Kelly were in Uganda, and uh, we were in an area where the food, uh, there, was no, there was no refrigeration. Uh, there were no supermarkets or anything like that. Now today, Uganda's made great strides forward. They've, they've developed a lot of, lot of cities, a lot of places that were once rural are now doing very, very well. But we were in a place where there was no refrigeration, so the food you got, you know, meat uh, was just, you know, butchered, uh, laid out on a table, uh, you know, the, the animals cut in pieces, and it just, you know, the pieces lay there until they're all sold. So it may, may sit there for five or six days, and there's flies all over it. And I'm not talking, you know, 10 flies. I'm talking thousands of flies. That's just the way it is. You know, you chop it up. Who, who would like to buy some meat? And uh, so, you know, me and Kelly are eating all of that. And the others at the missionary outpost, they were eating, they were eating the same thing as we were. And they would not pray over their food. I said, you really should pray over your food because in areas like this, you have to be very perceptive to the Holy Spirit because, um, you know, the locals, they can, they can eat that. They're going to be fine. But we're not used to eating the foods they eat. And uh, our stomachs have not developed the, you know, the certain microorganisms that can deal with the certain germs and bacteria that they're already used to. And they, all, they actually laughed at me and Kelly. All the young people there, they laughed at me and Kelly. They thought it was stupid that we prayed over our food before we ate it. And that they would just eat it, you know, like, you know, just eat it. And not even, th I actually think you should pray over your food to thank God for it. And also ask Him to bless it and to sanctify it. But um, they weren't into that. And so they, uh, they just, you know, ate, ate all their food and uh, never prayed over it. They all got so sick, almost every one of them died. Uh, they almost all died. They, they were at death's gate, just about. Um, couldn't get out of bed for days and days and days. Uh, so wiped out with, with the... Um, bacteria that they brought into their body. And then remember, me and Kelly are eating the same thing. We're totally fine. I'm preaching, you know, sometimes five times a day, and just, you know, we're, we're running full power. And, uh, but we're all eating the same thing, but them, that almost killed all of them. They, they made it. 
but uh, I mean, they were, they were having, they were so wiped out they couldn't even get out of bed to use the bathroom. You know, uh, vomit throw up in the bed, uh, you know, urinate in the bed, everything in the bed. Just couldn't get out of it. Just absolute total mess. And uh, we tried to do what we could to help them out. But, um, you know, all of that, I'm trying to say, all of that they went through could have been avoided. Could have been avoided. That's one of the main things we're going to get to in just a moment. Got it. You need to listen to wise counsel. Don't mock at older uh, people, laugh at older people, think they're a bunch of old fuddy duddies. Maybe they know something that you don't know, especially when it's a man or woman of God trying to share something that could be beneficial. Okay, number three. N- number three reason why we do not have the perception like the Apostle Paul had or other Christians who were developed in this area would be because of making wrong suppositions. Acts 27 verse 13, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out the sea, they sailed close by Crete. They thought, oh, hey, we, we just really believe that that soft wind, that's an indicator from the gods, from the sea gods, you know, because the mariners back then, they worship all the various gods from Poseidon and all of the others, you know, all down the line. They probably thought, yes, this is a sign from the sea gods that it's a blessing. Let's go. Let's go now. We'll make it. And uh, don't suppose things, my friends. Don't think, well, you know, we just, we just thought that would be okay. No, don't have uh, these suppositions. They can be very, very misleading. Um, go with the Word of God. O- obey laws, civil laws, natural laws. Uh, don't, try, uh, don't try to, like, beat the system. Okay? Do things the right way. Don't do these wild suppositions. Praise the Lord. They, they should have realized that um, sailing season is past. It's already over. And so be very, very careful with that. Now, I believe another reason why the, the perception was not there for the others was there, there, there's money involved here. And sometimes when there's money involved, and people have the ability to make money. Now, the captain, he's wanting to make money. Maybe he's going to get overtime if he keeps on going. You also have the owner of the ship who has a delivery of wheat that, you know, once it gets to the port that, is, that it's supposed to arrive at, he's going to get paid for that, okay? So he has an obligation to get it there, and he has an obligation to collect, which is always the fun part. So he's thinking money. What's going on? Profit before safety, okay? Wanting to make money and even willing to risk the injury and the life and safety of real people, okay? So watch out for stuff like that, because, it, it, uh, you know, don't rush. Just, just don't rush. If you think you're not going to make it, uh, you know, the last thing you want is for the plane to run out of fuel, okay? Planes have crashed because pilots tried to fly further than what the range of the plane was, and they ran out of fuel. Well, you know, it's only a little bit further, we can make it. But see, it's not like you can just, it's not like a car, where if you run out of gas, just pull over on the shoulder of the road. (laughs) It doesn't work like that with the plane. You're going to just fall out of the sky, and you're going to die. So if, you know, um, people do things like that, they take these risks, and also if there's money involved, sometimes people are willing to push and go beyond, and it's not safe, and then workers and employees, their lives can literally be endangered because maybe somebody over on the side has the potential of making more money. Don't do stuff like that. Do not do that. Don't let greed enter into the equation. Greed will just kill that ability to perceive what the Holy Spirit would want to get across to you. Woo! Glory to God. Mm-mm. Glory to God. God wants you to prosper, but He doesn't want you to be greedy. He doesn't want you to be covetous. He wants you to be very calm, very peaceful, and, uh, and the ability to make right decisions, because your decisions, many of them, yes, they affect you. They all are going to affect you, but oftentimes they can affect other people. They're going to affect other people as well. I'm sure when it was all said and done that the owner of the ship wishes he could have had that opportunity back. Why? He lost his whole ship. You know, ships aren't, uh, they aren't cheap, right? He not only lost his ship, but he also lost the entire cargo. So, you know, we have to be really careful about things like this. Praise God. Now, last but not least, verse 21, and uh, I'll read the verse, then I'll share with you what I believe the final reasons why we don't pick up on the, the perception of the Holy Spirit would be verse 21. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, 
you should have listened to me, not have self from Crete, and incurred and incurred this disaster and loss. Now he's trying not he's trying he's not trying to say I told you so, but there is an element where there does there is a part of telling them this you know, this never had to have happened to you if you would have listened to me because he was not speaking on his own authority he was speaking on the authority of the Lord who sent an angel to him. And said, hey, well, excuse me, this is later when the angel came, and he's about to share that with them. But he's basically saying, none of this ever had to have happened. Okay, why, why do we sometimes get in trouble and have loss? Because we fail to listen to godly counsel. Woo! Glory to God. You must be willing to, li- watch this, you must be willing to listen to godly counsel even if it comes through an ungodly person. Okay? Now, if it comes through an Apostle Paul, if it comes through your spiritual father, your pastor, the man of God, that, or woman of God that speaks into your life, you really should have all uh, spiritual antennas up. But you also must be aware that sometimes, if there are not voices like that are around you, and maybe you're being dull, and you're not picking up that inner witness of the Holy Spirit, God loves you so much that he'll even try to speak to you godly wisdom and counsel, even if he has to give it through a person or through a voice that would be ungodly, maybe, uh, maybe like a, a voice that you wouldn't really normally want to listen to, but yet if that's the only voice, God will speak it through them. Wow. So the Lord does not want you to have these types of experiences in life where there's loss and there's disaster. That's not God's will for your life. That's not God's will for your life. Many of these things happen because we're not, we're not getting quiet before the Lord, listening to the Lord, spending time with the God, spending time with God. Glory to the Lord. And you get into a place where you get real close to the Lord like that. It just, it just comes with the package. It, it just starts, you just start knowing and it doesn't have to even be a booming voice out of heaven, because that's very rare when God does that. But it's just, you'll start to perceive, you'll start to know, this is good, or this is not good. Mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, re- I would really like to know that. Well, I believe it can be developed. I mean, Paul had developed it to the point, he not only knew that, hey, this is not going to be a good trip, he actually knew... Um, if we go, we're all going to die. <laughs> Ship's going to go under. We're going to lose everything. <laughs> he actually had a, a level of depth of perception. He was really, really highly developed in this. So, my friends, I believe that this is our inheritance in Christ. And if we'll just walk with the Lord, slow down, you know, really have a heart after God, really have a love for people, that we can actually devoid. We can actually avoid those things that are out there that others just run right into them. They walk right into it, eyes wide open, and they don't even see it coming. Wow. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm. My friends, there's grace being released right now. I'm telling you, there's, there, it, there is just so many blessings that come into your life when you walk with God. You'll avoid so many problems. You'll avoid so many problems. You'll avoid so much drama and so much so many things that are just a big mess that you don't even need to be involved in. Woo! Praise the Lord. But you can only pick it up by really walking close to God and waiting on the Lord in prayer, spending time with, spending time with God. Wow. I'm telling you, that, that inner perception is so real. It is so real. Praise the Lord. Now, this is what the Lord wants to do for you. He wants to help you. He wants you to be developed in this, and then He wants you to be so developed in it that out of love, when you see others about to get on a ship sailing out into the middle of the Mediterranean in the middle of the storm season, that you say, hey, um, I'm really perceiving this is not a good idea. Please do not do this. Hmm. At least, at least you can tell them. They may, they may sail on. I think there have been times in my life when I was young in the Lord, I'd probably sail on. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I probably would have uh, have sailed on. But you know, when you do have moments in life when you incur loss and suffering needlessly, you think, you know what? I don't want to have to go through that again. And you realize that so many so many things that would be difficulties actually can be avoided. So I believe God's going to allow you to get really good at this, this inner perception, because Paul said, men, I perceive, okay, you're going to get really good at that, and then you'll have those moments 
maybe you're standing next to somebody or a couple or something like that and you're just perceiving this is not good this is not good well I believe you'll be able to speak that and share that with them now that doesn't happen every day when you have an opportunity to do something like that but um, there are moments I think it's just good to to try to help people out oh you'll notice also that when you try to help people out most I have found don't listen they just they don't listen maybe they they need to experience some things before they really realize the reality of these losses they're just no fun you know a professional football team that's used to winning they can learn a lot through a loss losing is no fun but you can learn through it you can learn why did we lose you can go back and examine it what went wrong what could we what could we have done differently and really good teams that are always winning they realize you don't have to lose the only reason we lose is we didn't execute or we didn't do something right so a loss can be good but at the same time it's better to win right it's better to have the understanding and the perception that let's just do it right and avoid the loss in the first place that's always the better route and maybe that be the route that you find and that you walk on Woo! hallelujah I really do believe that there's layered meanings of what Jesus said with some of the things he said when Jesus talked about the, the you know the broad path that leads to destruction and the, the narrow gate uh, and that narrow path that leads to life I really believe that that narrow path is this kind of walk it's not it's not like the the broad path it's just the people going to hell I believe the broad path is just the people that they they're not walking with the Lord and so all kinds of crazy things can happen to them even if they're believers in Christ but I believe that that narrow path is a path that few find in the church there are few in the church who find it praise the Lord but that's where the life is at and that's where the winning is at and that's where the blessing is at and that's where the victory is at that's also the, the place where you're at that is just an amazing place of safety and protection Woo, praise the Lord you're going to discover it more and more you are going to develop this inner spiritual perception more and more I believe to an amazing degree glory to God glory to God and look if you're not having the loss of your ship and you're not losing your your cargo what's happening the ship is making money and you're selling your cargo and you're making money and everything's working the way it should be okay that's the way it's supposed to be praise the Lord so it's going to be good for you praise God Heavenly Father I pray for your people today that they develop by the help of your Holy Spirit by the training and the leading of your Holy Spirit who is so kind to reveal Christ to us I pray that they develop inner spiritual perception the ability to perceive the outcome of a thing before it even starts that they can see the end from the beginning now father we thank you for spiritual perception in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we give you praise amen amen did you know there's not only perception by the Holy Spirit of what not of what not to do of, of directions we shouldn't go which is like get on the ship and sail right into the Mediterranean in storm season okay not only is there perception to not do something like that but there's also perception to go in the right path where just like you can get a witness on the inside this is not going to be good you get a witness on the inside this is good and you can even get depth layered information of the good that's attached with the direction you're going Woo! praise the Lord that depth of perception works both ways you're going to know both ways praise God you're going to know not to go there and you are going to know to go here and the blessings contained therein Heavenly Father bless your people thank you thank you in Jesus name amen praise God let's take communion today and let's celebrate the fact that the Lord Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to help us to not incur loss and disaster mm. Woo! hallelujah praise God hallelujah father we thank you for the the bread and the juice we thank you we bless it we consecrate it this is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus the anointed one Oh, Father, thank you so much for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you help us. Thank you for putting voices in our lives of wisdom. Thank you, Father God, that you speak through others to help us, 
to give wise counsel. Oh, God, we give you praise. We thank you that you're going to help us go the right way. Thank you, O oh God. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now, and the, the grace and the ability to perceive. Thank you, O oh God. Let's eat now. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We certainly do need His cleansing blood, and we give you praise that it is available. Father, we thank you for any times where we failed to perceive and just went pridely on, sailing off into the middle of the Mediterranean, sailing right into a full-blown typhoon. Father, we thank you that you've had mercy and you've spared us, just like you spared Paul and all those men on the ship. All the men on the ship didn't deserve to be spared. Paul did, but Father, you had mercy on them all. We thank you. We ask that you would have mercy on all of our on all of our efforts. Thank you, Father God. If there's somebody, Father, watching right now that, in a sense, they're in the middle of a typhoon in the middle of the Mediterranean, and they realize that was not a good idea. Father God, we pray that you would deliver, get them out of those situations, and get them back onto the right track, into a place of peace, and into a place of blessing. A place, Father God, that would be the chosen path that you had for them. We thank you in the name of Jesus for forgiveness of all sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. While I'm sharing this, please understand that even on that, the path that the Lord has, there still can be persecution, and there still can be, uh, you know, roadblocks that the enemy will throw up. That's okay. As long as you're going in that path that God has for you, you're going to be okay. Because Paul, he had many things that he had to go through, and that's okay if God's in it. But you certainly don't want to get involved in something if God would say, don't do that. That's not going to end well. You'll have enough challenges just as it is with the normal things you have to go through. You don't want to add something in there that, would, um, that was never meant to be uh, something that you've, you have to endure. Praise God. All right. Father, we thank you for the, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. We now receive the blood of Christ. We give you praise. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I sense in my heart right now that there's somebody, you're about to do it, and you're about to do something that's not good, and you're doing it based upon a supposition. And you think that this is the way it is, and you're supposing that it's like that. I want, I want to submit to you, please do, do your what's called D&D, &D, due diligence. Do your due diligence. Investigate it. I'm sensing it's not, uh, it's not the way that it appears. You need to dig deeper. Praise the Lord. And one of the best things you can do in areas like that is ask more questions. Dig, 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 and look for the truth. Praise God. And you'll be glad you did. It, it'll save you. It's going to save you some heartache, some headache. It's going to save you some money, and you'll be happy in the end. Watch out for these suppositions. You can really suppose something is the way it is, and it can be totally the opposite. Dig for the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look for the things that are solid. Glory to God. And what's solid is the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. See, there's the external realm. There's the sense realm. The physical realm. The physical realm is the sensory realm. And that's what your body does. It picks up on the sensory realm. But that is also the realm that Satan operates in. Okay? Now, we have to live in this, in this realm. And we're going to operate in this realm. But remember that when the Lord is helping you and guiding you and leading you, He's leading you inwardly. Okay, by the Holy Spirit through your spirit. Glory to God. So that inner guidance is inner. It's not outer. Praise God. Now the Lord can speak to somebody out there. Okay, you can pick that up, but you're picking it up through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. So be careful of suppositions in the outer, such as, you know, oh, soft wind blowing. That means go. Not necessarily. It may, it may just mean that the wind's blowing. That's all it is. Just a nice wind's blowing. Doesn't mean anything at all. You can have a nice wind blowing before a hurricane. Doesn't mean you need to get on your boat and start going out to sea. Okay, watch out for these suppositions. They can be very, very misleading. And sometimes people they're they're very much led by emotions or feelings or you know uh, you know I saw an orange sunset. That's God saying go for it. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was just a cloudless sunset and it was a pretty sunset. That maybe that's all it was. Watch out for things like that. Praise the Lord. Be led by the Word. Be led by the Scripture, and and be be a mature believer. Don't do don't be like a fuddy duddy uh, believer that's you know be, that's being led by you know all kinds of funny things that are out there because that stuff changes all the time. Praise God, Lord. We give you glory and praise. 
there are prophetic leadings of the Holy Spirit. I've had the Holy Spirit give me license plates before where I knew God speaking through the license plate. Um, I, I was talking to the Lord one time about, about, about Yeshua, the name of Jesus, the Messiah, how Messiah leads, and a car pulled right in front of me and parked right in front of a house that we were looking at, me and Kelly were looking at moving into, and, it, and the license plate literally said, said Yeshua. <laughs> and every our entire stay was just blessed the whole thing was blessed to neighbors everything was just absolutely wonderful it was the Lord there can be outward prophetic witnesses but remember you're getting all of that from the inside by the Holy Spirit and uh, but you're just not led by all kinds of external things because you can be misled if you're not getting everything off of the main core truth which is the Holy Spirit leading you inwardly praise God just try to bring a little balance here a little balance we want to be prophetic people but you understand some believers are very young in the Lord and so they're trying to be prophetic and actually they're just getting all mixed up so that's why we need to live our lives based on the Lord and develop that close walk with God so that we can perceive what the Holy Spirit is trying to get across to us glory to God my friends, thank you for watching today. I really believe you're going into a new level of inner spiritual perception. Enjoy. Praise God. I'll see you back next time. <laughs>